0: And then there's another voice that comes along and says, Who are you that the power of God should work through you? Who are you? That's pride thinking that God's power is going to work through you. That's not pride, that's humility. That's humility thinking God's power is going to work through you. How is that humility, Pastor Cindy? I'm glad you asked. Praise God. How is it humility to say that when I lay hands on the sick, they will be healed? Because I know the mistakes that I've made. And I know the blood of Jesus is enough to wash me clean in spite of myself. And I know that the power of God is stronger than my ability to mess this up. I know it's not me. It's God confidence. It's confidence in the word of God. It's not self-confidence, it's not pride. It's God confidence. It's confidence that what he said he would do, he is able to perform. What he said he would do, he is able to perform. It's becoming fully persuaded that the word of God works for anyone and everyone if they are a whosoever that believes. Amen? The word of God works for anyone and everyone if we'll just be the whosoever that believes. When we disqualify ourselves, that's pride. How is that pride, Pastor Cindy? I think it's humility to say that I'm not worthy for the power of God to work through me. No, that's pride. It's pride because basically what you're saying is that your sin is too great for the blood of Jesus. That your ability to stop God is stronger than God's ability to work through you. That's pride. That's pride. When God called you to do something... And you give that false humility, it's false humility, is what it is. It's so prevalent in religion. It disgusts me, it really does. When people go around saying, I'm not, I don't feel worthy of the call of God on my life. I'm like, have you read your Bible? Have you spent any time with God lately? Do you understand that God shed his own blood to make you worthy? To make you be able to fulfill the call of God on your life? Do you understand that God has equipped you according to the word of God? God equipped you to do everything that he's called you to do. If he hadn't, he'd be unjust. How would it be if I gave my child a task that was above and beyond their ability and then I held them accountable for that task? Let's say I told my two-year-old, I don't have a two-year-old, thank God, but let's say I told my two-year-old, I need you to drive to the store and pick up milk. And when they didn't do it, let's say I scolded them. Man, I'd be crazy, wouldn't I? That would be unreasonable. That would be idiotic. It'd be abuse is what it would be. It'd just be stupid. Stupid then why do we think that God would tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and raise the dead and cleanse the leper without giving us the ability to do it? So we've got a reason that if God knows everything and I don't know everything and God is telling me I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, and I don't know everything, and I don't feel like I can do that, who's right? Who knows everything? So then we have to reason, well, there must be something I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. But who cares? Why don't we just take God at his word? Why don't we just say, okay, I'm learning, I'm growing. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep growing. But just because I don't know everything doesn't mean I can't take God at his word. Because he does know everything. He made me righteous. He called me. He told me I could lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So what do I expect when I lay hands on the sick? It depends on who I'm agreeing with. If I'm agreeing with the carnal mind or the voices that are speaking against God I'm gonna think it doesn't work when I lay hands on the sick and I probably won't lay hands on the sick because God forbid we give anybody false hope that's the worst thing we could do for somebody but if I'm agreeing with God and I am fully persuaded that what God promised he is able to perform all I have to do is reach my hand out and say, be healed. And he'll do the rest. He'll do it. And that is not giving somebody false hope. That is giving them a healing that they so desperately need. They long for it. That's giving them a touch of God that's going to change their life forever. It's going to mark them. When you lay hands on somebody... And their eyes open for the first time and they see you or their ear opens for the first time and they hear something that they've never heard before. It's beautiful. It's amazing. When you do that, you know you didn't do it. You know you didn't do it. You know it's God doing it. You know that it's beautiful you're giving them a touch from god but in order to do that we have to become fully persuaded that what he promised he's able to perform that when he said all things are possible he really meant all things when he said believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover he really meant us He wrote the word of God for us. When he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, all things are possible with me, he actually meant it. He meant it. When he said he watches over his word to perform it, don't you know that he's watching over that word in Mark 16? that believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He's watching over that word that if any human, any born again believer anywhere, does what the word of God says, he watches over it to perform it. It's not complicated and it's not hard. It's easy, just like speaking in tongues. Our part in speaking in tongues is that we use our vocal cords and we start speaking. That's our part, right? People who are just receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, sometimes they're just overwhelmed and it just comes up. I like it when that happens. But more often than not, they sit there like this. Nothing's happening. Why am I not speaking in tongues? Or they'll sit like this. Well, you got to open your mouth, okay? Well, no, you got to use your vocal cords. Okay, what do you mean? Start praising God, and sometimes they'll say "Hallelujah," and they won't be able to say "Hallelujah," and they'll be embarrassed because they're not saying an actual word. I'm like, that's tongues. You got it. That's tongues. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't shut it down. Sometimes we have to pray in tongues with them, and I just one of the things I like to do is just say, "Repeat after me," and then they do. And then I start praying faster and faster, and they can't keep up. But the Holy Spirit just changes their language and it goes into their own tongues. And I start praying. It's beautiful, it's a miracle every time. But we have a part in that miracle. You had a choice when I said, Let's pray in the Spirit. You had a choice to pray in the Spirit or not, you made a choice. To manifest the presence and power of God and the miracle of God in your mouth. Or to sit there like a bump on the log and not do it. You made a choice. And when we make the choice to pray in the spirit, we're making the choice to yield to the spirit. And to allow the miracles of God to manifest. It's the quickest way into the supernatural realm. In James it said that if you're able to bridle the tongue if you can take care of that tongue you can have a perfect man you can be a perfect man because wherever your tongue goes is where the direction of your life is gonna go doesn't it also say that it's a tiny little rudder that steers a big ship it's a little bit in a horse's mouth that turns the horse's head wherever the person that's controlling that bit wants them to go. If I want a horse to go left, I just have to make the bit tell the horse we're going left. And the horse is going to turn his head, and then he's going to turn his body, and pretty soon we'll be going left. And if I want the horse to go right, I just have to move the bit to where it's going to make the the horse turn his head to the right. And if his head goes right, guess what else is going to go right? He's going to start walking right. And he's going to start going that direction because that's the way you steer the horse. And if I'm a captain of a ship and I want to go left, I steer the little wheel and it changes the rudder and the massive ship starts to turn. You can also think of it like a steering wheel on the car. If I want to make a left-hand turn, I just turn the steering wheel and the steering wheel starts turning everything else. And before I know it, I'm t- turning this giant vehicle that I don't have the power to turn on my own. I can get outside the car and I can push and I can push, but that thing is not going anywhere. I can do the same with a horse. I can get outside and I can push on the back end of a horse. Probably going to get kicked in the face, but the horse isn't going anywhere but being mad at me. And we can do the same thing with our lives. We can try to push and push our life into a direction. But it's not going anywhere until we get our tongue straight. Until we start speaking the word of God or speaking in tongues. And praying out the perfect will of God. Because when you can control your tongue, you can steer your whole life. Now when I first turn the bit in a horse's mouth, I'm not ten feet down the path. It's not like he jumps and there we are. It's a process. First he's got to turn his head. If he's already walking, it's a little easier, right? But if he's not walking, I might have to kick him a little and say, Move, let's go, hi let's go, giddy-up. Whatever words he knows and kind of give him a little kick for him to start moving. But he will go in the direction that I've pulled the bit. He will. He's not going the other direction. Unless he's walking sideways and super stubborn. But he's not going the other direction. He will eventually go the way that I'm steering him. And a ship, the same thing. If I turn that thing and the rudder turns, that ship in the big ocean, that giant ship, I am commanding that ship where it goes. But if I were to get out and try to stand on the water, first of all, I'd sink, right? But second of all, if I could stand on the water and I tried to push the ship, it's not going anywhere. It's too heavy. I got to steer it the way it's supposed to be steered, right? I got to do the little captain wheel. And then the rudder has to turn. And then the ship can go. And it takes a minute for a ship to turn. Right? It doesn't immediately go. Right? I wish it turned on a dime, but it doesn't. But your life doesn't turn on a dime either. Your life doesn't turn on a dime either. It turns pretty quick. But it doesn't turn on a dime either. When you take control of your tongue and you start praying in the spirit and you're praying out the miraculous words of God over your life, you are, in effect, turning the wheel. You're turning the wheel, turning the wheel of the direction of the rest of your entire life, of the direction of your day, of the direction of your physical health, of your body, of the miracles that you're trying to see. All you have to do is stand at the commanding position and start speaking out the word of God, speaking it out, speaking it out, Because your life is going to turn towards the word of God and then you're going to be on the path that God has for you. See, Satan doesn't care what what you know as long as you don't speak. If he can get you to be quiet about what you know in the word of God, he doesn't care a bit. Because he knows. It's head knowledge. Not even really that. It's just It's ineffective. I can read the word all day, but if I don't start speaking it out and doing what the word of God says, Satan doesn't care. But when I start praying in tongues, and I start praying out the plan of God for my life or for your life or for this church, boy, that gets him mad. And I love it when Satan's mad. I love it. Because I know, I, I don't care. You know, if, I know I'm protected. I know I'm protected. I know he's been mad at me. I got a target on my back. I know it, but I don't care. Because no weapon formed against me will prosper. The weapons may be formed, but they won't prosper. I don't care. The weapons may be formed, but they won't prosper. I may see weapons formed, and in, the, in my natural mind, I may think, what the heck? What's going on? Is God's word not true? What's working? What's not working? What's going on? But I got to get my head on straight, and I do that by speaking the word of God, by reading the word, studying the word, becoming fully persuaded that what God promised, He's able to perform. What He promised, He's able to perform. He'd be unjust if he promised something he couldn't perform. And one thing I know is that he is a just God. He never lies. He said, We can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He never lies. He said, By his stripes, I was healed. If he said it, I believe it no matter what. No matter what I see. No matter what I feel, no matter what I experience, I believe I'm healed. And you know the manifestation comes. I mean, think about it. In August, I was laying in a hospital bed in a coma on a ventilator, having a machine breathe for me. And now you can't shut me up again. Praise God. Because I know that what God promised he's able to perform. Because I trust him at his word. That no matter what it looks like. No matter what it feels like. No matter what it seems like. No matter if I can lift a fork or not. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And I'm going to take my healing every day. I want you to take your healing every day. But it starts here. It starts with that seed of the word of God. By his stripes you were healed. God is always with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. All things are possible with God. You take this word of God, all things are possible, put it in a cup. Take this word, God never leaves me or never forsakes me, put it in a cup. Take this word, by his stripes I was healed, put it in a cup. Take the reasoning that the Holy Spirit has always been present for every miracle, for every person, for every time, and he's also with me, and put that in the cup and start mixing it up. And before you know it, you have a concoction of the dunamis power of God that if you'll start speaking that out, You will receive every miracle that you can think or believe, and even more than that, because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or that we can think. He's able. He's able. And He's willing. And He's present. And He's all knowing, so He knows how to make it manifest. All we have to do is lay back and rest in Him. Say, Yes, Lord, I know. Yes, Lord, I will. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. Yes, Lord, I agree with your word. I like to be like Mary. Be it unto me according to thy word. He said, By his stripes I was healed. Be it unto me according to thy word. He said, I'm the head and not the tail be it unto me according to thy word. He said, I have a hedge of protection around me, be it unto me according to thy word. He said, I have the favor of God that surrounds me like a shield, be it unto me according to thy word. He said, I'm righteous, be it unto me according to thy word. He said, I'm forgiven, be it unto me according to thy word. He said, I'm empowered, be it unto me according to thy word according to thy word not according to my word according to thy word and I'm going to speak thy word through my mouth and I'm going to get myself in agreement with the word of God that's when you see the miracles that's when the power manifests and it's easy just cooperate just cooperate cooperate with the word of God You know, there's a scripture in there that when Jesus is talking to Paul, he says, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And I've let that just kind of settle in me. And God is just unpacking it on the inside of me. And I realize that, well, in psychology and through the word of God, I realize that people oppose themselves. Right? Like we self-sabotage more than we think we, we do. For example, if you have a test and you don't study for the test until the last minute and you fail, you can always say, well, if I would have studied, I would have done better. That's self-sabotaging. Had you studied, you would have done better, but you didn't. You self-sabotaged, right? We do that. But then we sabotage and work against God. And it's hard for us to work against God. Because the power's flowing. The anointing's flowing. The word of God is flowing. The blood of Jesus is flowing. It's speaking on our behalf. The word of God is present. The Holy Spirit's present. The power of God is present. Everything is present. And then we're sitting there. Some, some people are sitting there saying, I don't know if it's going to work. Not sure it's God's will to heal. Are you kidding me? Was Jesus thinking... It's not my will during those stripes. He chose to take that on for you. Remember when he was in the garden? The scriptures say he knew the things that he was going to have to suffer. He knew it. And it said that he was praying and he sweat as it were drops of blood. And an angel came and strengthened him. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Thy will be done, God. He made a choice. So as far as healing goes, by his stripes we were healed. God already made the choice. Jesus already made the choice. God's will is healing. If it wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have taken on those stripes. He said, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it pass. And one thing I know about God is that if there's any way that he can lessen the blow of something, he will do it. I've noticed that in my own life. I've seen it in my children's life. I've seen it in people's lives that I've ministered to. They're doing something horrible. What they deserve is a smack upside the head. What they deserve is to lose their family. What they deserve is is to live in a gutter. You know what I'm saying? Like in the natural, they're sinning and they're, they're causing problems and they deserve the absolute worst. And yet, here comes God softening the blow, saying, I know you deserve that, but I took it on already. I know you deserve that, but I took it on already. And he's taking the payment for sin off of these people and off of me as well. That did these horrible things that we would never speak of in public, right? He's taking the payment off of them and he's saying, You're righteous. You get healing, you get called, you get restoration.